0: And now it's my mission in life to help you get to the other side of this process with your sanity and your heart intact. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode. I'm so glad you're here. Couple things, just wanted to let you know about a few things. One is that my private coaching rates are about to go up. They're going to be going up at the beginning of October. And there's a few reasons for this. One is I'm really trying to take on fewer one-on-one clients because I recently got a book deal, which I can't really tell you too much about yet. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I can tell you that it happened. It's officially, I'm not allowed to tell you much more about it because, you know, I got to do the contracts and all that stuff, whatever. But I can tell you that I got a book deal and that that means that my time is going to become a lot more precious in the next year. And so, to that end, um, I really need to. Take on fewer one-on-one clients, and so I need to raise my rates. I'm also going to be launching a new program, um, The Divorce Course, which you may have noticed has been sort of sitting there on my website for a few months. By the end of this month, that program will be available. By the end of the year, I'm also going to be revising Should I Stay or Should I Go?, And so I've got all of these things in the works. And when you sign up for private coaching, you get access to both of those programs for free. I just wanted to let you all know that by the end of the month, my private coaching rates will go up. So if you have been eyeing coaching with me privately, then I would recommend if you want to lock in (laughs) the current rate If you go to kateanthony.com slash coaching, you can read all about my private coaching and my current rates. I'm very transparent about it. Everything's on on the website. And then you can set up a consult um, at the bottom of that page. If you book a consult for before the end of October, anything that, that is scheduled for after October will be at the new rate. So schedule a consult for before uh, the end of the month, and you will get the current rate locked in. Hope that makes sense. Yeah, I was telling you that these new programs are going to be available, the divorce course, which is, you know, everything you need to know to get divorced, In terms of logistics and, you know, how to talk about these things, how to talk about it with your kids, how to tell your husband, how to navigate the road, all of the, you know, all of the pitfalls, everything, all of the stuff that I work with my private clients on who are getting divorced are going to be in a an online program for you, um, which will be available at the end of the month, early October, we'll be launching it. And if you go onto my website to kateanthony.com slash getting-divorced, you'll see it. If you go to kateanthony.com, across the top menu, it says Getting Divorced. You can sign up to be on the wait list to um, hear about that first, and then you will get a special rate when it becomes available at the beginning of the month. And... Uh, at the beginning of next month. And as I said, my uh, Should I Stay or Should I Go program is also getting a little revamp by the end of the year. So stay tuned for that. If you buy the program now, uh, you will get the revamp program for free when it launches. So you will get automatically upgraded and all of that new information will be available to you. So don't wait (laughs) If you've been eyeing, should I stay or should I go? For sure, get yourself uh, get yourself in there now. Don't wait. This is not something that you want to hang out and wait for. So that program, people say it's better than all the therapy. That they've done for years. Um, it really is robust. And if you are a fan of the podcast and if you're in my Facebook group and if you're a fan of any of the work that I do, that program is one hundred percent for you, righty. So on to today's episode. Today, I have with me Seth Nelson. Seth is a Tampa-based family lawyer known for devising creative solutions to difficult problems. He is I, <laughs> he's also, the host of How to Split a Toaster, a divorce podcast about saving your relationships. And I uh, posted about this on Instagram and I think on Facebook as well to tell you guys that this was one of the most fun podcast episodes I have recorded on someone else's podcast. So Seth and his team had me on How to Split a Toaster, and it was so much fun And we laughed so hard, and we talked about, like, sex and all sorts of totally, totally inappropriate things. Although not really, like, sex and divorce are uh, not—it's not inappropriate. But anyway, it was super fun. And so I highly recommend that you go over and listen to that podcast, because those guys are hilarious. But today, we have a little bit more of a serious conversation on my podcast. And so here we are with my interview with Seth Nelson. Seth Nelson, I am so happy to have you here.
1: Oh, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here too.
0: For those of you who have not uh, already listened to me on Seth's podcast, How to Split a Toaster, which I think is probably one of the greatest divorce podcast titles ever. Jack, um... <laughs> <Thank you.
1: laughs> All, right, All right. It was nice talking to you, Kate. I'm done.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, but if you haven't already listened to that, you need to jump over. We're going to link to it in the show notes. You need to jump over and listen to that too, because we had so much fun. (laughs) We were laughing our asses off throughout it. So, so I'm super excited to have you here and we're going to sort of break down a, you know, legal stuff, more legal stuff for people that, because this is confusing divorce, divorce law in the United States. It's fucking confusing.
1: Yeah. And it's different in all 50 states. And each case is different. Each judge that its case appears before is different. I will get different answers to the same questions walking down the courthouse corridor in every courtroom because a judge might view it differently. And there's so much discretion And I'm talking Florida family law here and it's, you know, check your local jurisdiction and we'll talk about that a little bit. I know today, but Mm -hmm. people are human. There's a lot of discretion that judges have and a lot of power that they have. And so you can get many different outcomes and that makes it scary. But there are some universal truths that I think we're going to talk about today to help people get through the process and how to deal with the court system and deal with your lawyer and how do you know if you have a good lawyer or a bad lawyer and and those no matter what state you're in should apply to you
0: yes well okay let's start there how do you know first of all how do you know you should call a lawyer when when should you quote lawyer up <laughs>
1: Right, I just hate that term, too, too. and people say it all me the time, because it makes it like, oh, you're lawyering up like the lawyer is the big, bad evil guy, which if I need to be a big, bad, evil guy, it's hard for me to be big and bad, but I'm just gonna do my job. <laughs> I mean i'm I'm five six on a good day, you know, the, the, my my team calls me the short Jewish ball boy around the office, you know, but <laughs> I think to answer your question directly, you call a lawyer when you're first contemplating divorce, right, okay. Right and one it's fearful if you've never dealt with a lawyer it can be intimidating so i think getting organized to call the lawyer earlier rather than later is better more knowledge is power more knowledge eliminates the fear more knowledge maybe your you know eliminates the surprise maybe your spouse is thinking about divorce too but you don't know at what extent Do you really want to be calling the lawyer when you get served with divorce papers and they say that you have 20 days to respond and your kid is going into a travel baseball tournament that's going to be gone for two weeks that you're going on? And now that's 14 days. I got six days left. How do I manage all this? So getting information earlier, I think, is always better.
0: And I always I mean, I always say and tell me if, if I'm correct on this, that the first thing you should do is consult an attorney. You don't need to put down an expensive retainer. You don't need to, you know, sign up with the first lawyer you speak with, but consult to get the lay of the land and know what the laws are in your state, in your county. Right. And what you're Uh, entitled to. Absolutely.
1: a lot of lawyers out there will do what's called a free consultation. Mm -hmm. I do them all (laughs) the time. Mm -hmm. Um, Some will charge for them which is not necessarily a bad thing. It's just a different approach because lawyers get paid by their time. Okay. Getting a consultation earlier is better than later. That being said, I think you need to do some homework and be prepared for that consultation. Yes, You need to use that. That lawyer is there for you. You're Mm -hmm. not there for the lawyer, but (laughs) you have to do some homework and be prepared for the conversation so you can give the lawyer what they need to be there for you. Like help me help you. Right. So
0: what do they need? So what should someone have in, or how should they prepare for this first consultation?
1: Think of the word peace P E A C E. Everybody needs that in their lives, especially if you're going through a divorce, it's also the outline for every divorce potentially those are the issues p is a parenting plan so if you have children you should just have quick little notes that you know off the top of your head how many kids how old are they what school are they in is it a private school or not are you concerned about a parenting or a custody or a visitation plan is there any behavior about your spouse that directly impacts the children that you're concerned about. Okay. This is not your spouse is having an affair that the kids don't know about that's impacting you. Yes, I get it. It's going to impact the children. Ultimately, if that is what has led to the divorce in your mind, but I'm talking direct impact. Where's we're the talking connection? from a
0: legal perspective, no, right? I wouldn't or... even say
1: a legal one. I don't want you to have to do that analysis. Okay. Like if, It's very common that you divide up and parents do this i'm going to take the kids out on friday night the kids are going to have a date night with mom and dad takes advantage of that to go have his own date night with some other woman okay and the kids don't know but that's not impacting them no okay Um, but if dad is suffering from alcoholism and can't care for the children that's impacting dad's work schedule makes it impossible for him to have a 50 50 time sharing schedule because he has to get up at five or four 30 in the morning to be at the hospital to prep for surgeries because he's a surgeon by five, five 30. How can he have an overnight? Like those are the type of things I'm talking about.
0: Got it. Great. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. So that is, and have you thought about what a parenting plan might look like what visitation might look like what custody might look like do you have anything kind of special that you do every year like take trips every year or whatever the case may be so that's parenting just the basics what i would say and you can kind of jot down involved parent, not involved parent, takes them to doctor's appointments, doesn't know their friend's names, never cooks, like
0: doesn't do the
1: heavy lifting, doesn't even know a teacher or where their school is, like whatever the case may be, or hey, very involved. I don't think this is going to be an issue. The flip side of that coin, Kate, which is really hard for people to do. What do you think? And it's speculative, but what do you think the worst thing you're spouse is going to say about your parenting
0: that's that's a great one that's a great one what is the worst
1: thing you think they're gonna say yep okay and they might say i had a dui i go out drinking with the girlfriends um i'm really unorganized okay and we're not saying these things are true we're not even saying the things that they say are going to actually impact the litigation and impact the ultimate parenting plan and impact your custody and visitation arrangement. We just want to know what we think the other side's going to say. So we can talk about how that impacts and has a nexus with the law. Sure. Next, equitable distribution, the E. So we're just going to go down our outline here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's great. I love Have it. Have
1: a list. If you know, and if you don't know, it's fine. Okay, if you don't know the answer, to this is fine. But if you have a general list of what are your assets, what are your debts? It, and look in your in your purse, in your wallet, look online at your bank statement if you have access to it. Your credit cards, do you know what your credit card debt is? Do you know if you have a car payment? Do you know if you own your car outright? Do you lease it? What's the mortgage on the house? How much is left to pay on it? What do you think the fair market value is if you did a quick Zillow look, which is very broad and not necessarily accurate? Not,
0: right, right. right? <laughs> but do it gives you, you a sense, right? It, it does give gives you, a sense.
1: you a sense. Do you have 401ks or IRAs? And if you don't know the answers to any of these questions other than I have one credit card, I swipe it every month. Every time I make payment, every time I go shopping, I swipe the card, I swipe the card. I think he's paying it. That's okay. I don't want you to like worry, like, oh my God, I got to go find all this stuff to have the very first talk with the lawyer. No, you just have to be able to say, I swipe my one credit card. I've never been declined. I think he's paying it. Other than that, I'm a little embarrassed. I don't know anything about my finances. You're not alone.
0: You're not alone. And (laughs) right. What do you say to people like for next steps? Right. Because that's it for me in my work. That's a huge red flag.
1: Yes. I will tell them when we get to the second E at the very end, everything else, that's the legal process. We have a way to get that information. So we'll get there. So we'll get
0: there. Yeah. Okay. And so, and it's important to ask, I think in this equitable distribution thing, one of the questions to ask an attorney in your state is, are we an equitable distribution state or is it 50, you know, straight 50, 50. I wouldn't even
1: word it. Yes, I can. I'm happy to. I wouldn't word the question that way.
0: Right. Okay. I
1: would just say, we have assets, we have debts. How do we divide them? Mm -hmm. Do a broad question. Okay. Okay. And this is going to say this at the end. I'm just going to say it now. You want to give this information to the lawyer for them to do some basic analysis and see how they explain things to you, because that's the key. They should be doing more of the talking than you are talking. You're not calling them to tell them your whole life story and all what I'm going to put in quotes. It's serious. It's important. The drama. Okay. That lawyer is going to do the analysis and you want them talking to you about what you need to know. And you need to give them enough information to put a little meat on the bones, to to fill out this outline. Because then you're going to figure out whether you like their communication style, whether you think they can work with them, whether when you ask a question, how do they deal with it? Do they gloss you over? Oh, that's unimportant. Or do they say, let me repeat your question back to you to make sure I understand it and we're communicating. Or when you answer the question, do they say to you, can you repeat my answer back to make sure that we're communicating? I do that a lot with clients
0: because mm.
1: mm. I, I can talk about this stuff in my sleep. It doesn't right. mean the person that I'm talking to is comprehending everything I'm saying. Not because they're not brilliant, not because they're not intelligent. Because I speak a different language.
0: We do divorce for a living. This is probably right. most people's first time at the rodeo, and they don't. They're like, uh, <laughs> right? right? They don't know what they're talking right. about or what they're hearing, right? Yes. So it's true. We have to be sure that what we're saying is landing in a way that that people are actually absorbing the information.
1: Yeah. The next thing I would do is if you know, can you live in relatively the same standard of living that you have now on your own income? And if you don't have an income, the general question to the lawyers, how does alimony work and what information do you need from me so you can give me an alimony analysis on whether I'm going to receive it or have to pay it? And that's the A. That's the A.
0: Okay. Alimony. Yeah. Yep. Got it. Yep.
1: See child support. That's simple. How does it work? What information do you need from me to figure out how child support works? Will I be receiving it? Will I not be receiving it? What does it cover? Different states do this differently. Does child support mean that every time I go buy my kid a pair of shoes that I get reimbursed for that? Or is that? I receive child support and I'm supposed to buy shoes with that. And he pays child support and he's still supposed to buy shoes. I'm not the one always buying all the clothes. Just how does that work? How do expenses for children work and how do child, how does child support play into the payment of those expenses? At what age does child support stop? It's different in different states. Does it include paying for college or not? But these general questions of how does it work? what information do you need from me? So you can do analysis for my situation. And then the last part is everything else, which we touched on a little bit, but that's communication. It's also, what is the process? Some states, you have to be what's called legally separated for a year before you can file for divorce. Other states, you can get married on day one and file on for divorce on day two and be divorced within 20 days.
0: And in the states where you have to be legally separated for a year, what does that mean? A lot of people are like, but but we're not moving out yet. Like, I, I can't afford a place to go. Does that? Does it start from the day that I move out? Does it start from the day? Like, And is that different in every state as well?
1: It is. And I think that's exactly the question you ask is, it's start with stuff like, it's my understanding that I have to be legally separated for a year before I can get a divorce how do i handle the parenting the assets the bills child support alimony all that stuff in that year what am i allowed to do what am i not allowed to do are right. we allowed to go get temporary support temporary child support in that year how does it work and that that falls under that last e everything else what is the process but it relates back to the substance of caring and raising children division of assets
0: it can be so confusing because if you're not getting information, um, I think one of the most important things that we try to stress a lot on this podcast and with all of my guests, we all have the same thought, which is, you know, don't get divorce advice from from anyone other than an attorney in your state. Right. Because your best friend who got divorced in Montana like, is not the person, Oh, you know, and I've had.
1: I yeah. have people tell me all the time, well, my friend got this much alimony. And I was like, that's amazing. You should have your friend try your case. <laughs> uh, and yeah. I say it sarcastically because we don't know what assets were distributed, were their income producing, what their needs were, how the law worked in that case, what the judge, whether the judge liked the guy or didn't like the guy or liked the spouse that had to pay or the, if it was the... The wife that was paying alimony just had a bet, like whatever. So you can't just rely on that. Now, here's the most important thing I think I should share with your listeners. It's so important. Talk to more than one lawyer.
0: Yes, please.
1: And look, you can tell them, I'm going to talk to some other lawyers. I've really appreciated your time today. You know, what's our next step if I decide to hire you and once you start getting information, you don't necessarily need to give that away to the next lawyer. And what I mean by that is, if you've heard it from one lawyer, you don't have to say, Oh, well, yeah, that's what another lawyer told me, because you want to hear what the second lawyer has to say. Do they communicate it differently? Do they say, No, that other lawyer was wrong? Like, in now, it's okay if you said, Well, I talked to a lawyer and they said something different. So I'm confused now. I don't really know who to believe because I'm all new to this. It's also okay to share with what lawyer you spoke with. What do you think about that lawyer? And if I don't go with you, do you have any lawyers that you would recommend to me if I don't think we're a good fit or am I a good fit for you?
0: And the thing that I often tell my clients too is like, don't just listen and i think you've 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 touched on this don't just listen to the information they're giving you also listen to how they're communicating with you i can't tell you the number of clients of mine who relay stories about their attorneys and the attorneys are as so, uh, trigger them right it's the same the same mechanism in them that is that has chosen their spouse, right. With whom they may have communication issues is often chooses an attorney. So they'll often choose an attorney that mirrors that wounding. And then they're getting re-triggered throughout the process of the divorce. Right. So sometimes it's a really abusive situation, which is really not cool. And sometimes it's just, they're not listening. They're not communicating and you want to be really careful not to replicate that relationship in the divorce process,
1: I couldn't agree more and i think part of the questions you need to ask are what's the best way to communicate with you to the lawyer how can i get on your calendar and schedule what do i do if there is an emergency what i think is emergency and you can say it might not be an emergency to you or the court system but i think it is and i I will share with you how i handle those I tell people it's very easy to get on my calendar. There's a big button on my website that says make appointment. <laughs> right. You can book on my calendar just like you can make a reservation mm-hmm. at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. It's that easy. And I tell them now, if you cannot get on my calendar in a time frame that works for you or as soon as you would like to speak with me, then you speak to my receptionist. Then you speak to my legal assistant. And you say, I would really like to talk to Seth sooner. And they will walk into my office and say, hey, can we open up this evening after hours on the weekends? I always say yes Mm. to that question. That's very generous. Right. Mm. Or I might say, get them talking to another lawyer in my Mm -hmm. office today Mm -hmm. because I'm in the middle of a prep for trial or a huge hearing. Get them and then we'll circle back. But if I need to, we'll circle back later after hours and stuff. So learning what's the best way to communicate, which most lawyers will say, get your list and call me or email me your list. Don't email me 10 questions in a day. Email me one email with 10 questions, not 10 emails with 10 questions.
0: You're paying for the time that your attorney takes to read each of those emails. It's not the most cost-effective way, right? Right. Yeah. And I, you know, I talked to, I, I remember last week I was on the phone with a client and she was talking to me about how her attorney was communicating with her. And I, I said to her, you know, it, it sounds to me like he has a different communication style. He was very, he's very gruff and abrupt. And I think a little bit, you know, like tough, tough kind of guy. Right. And, and I said, listen, mm-hmm. before you move away from him, have a conversation with him. Explain to him that you're leaving a toxic, abusive marriage and that the way that he's speaking to you is actually triggering you and it's shutting you down to the process. And you want to be open to the process and see how he receives that information.
1: That's key. Receiving the information, because I will share with you, I will be tough on my clients. I tell them, if you've been a victim, that now stops. You're... And I will cut clients off even potential clients and say, I am cutting you off from what you're telling me because what you're telling me is not relevant to the issues that Mm -hmm. we're talking about. And some lawyers will let you go on and on and on and bill you for it. I'm not your friend. I'm not your counselor. I'm your lawyer. And so we need to have an attorney-client relationship that works for both of us. And if I don't cut you off and I let you talk and talk and talk, this relationship's not going to work well when you get right. my first bill. Right. I'm trying mm-hmm. to save you money, but you have to be able to explain it in an empathetic, understanding, right? It's not way. that you
0: don't care. It's that it's right. not relevant to the legalities at hand, and that's your job. <laughs> right
1: right and so part of that is I will tell people if you want to talk about it that's fine I will sit here and listen I understand we need to have the relationship where you feel you can talk to me about all these items I just don't think it's the best use of your money but you're my boss if you're saying Seth sit here and listen to me then that's what I'll do and I will have clients that say Seth I need to call and vent to you. I know it's not legal stuff. I know you're going to bill me for it. I'm okay with well, that. As long as we're clear, as the lawyer, then I'm right. okay with that. Of course, you are because <laughs> it's part <laughs> right. of the relationship. I would prefer to do legal work, but it's yeah, part of the relationship, right. and so I, I I'm, yes. I'm okay with that. Now, the other thing to do, and this helps keep you on track, is when you talk to your lawyer. What is your goal for that mm-hmm, conversation? Mm-hmm. Do you have a I- immediate issue? There's an issue with the kids. They're over at his place. He never lets them call me. How do we handle that issue? Is it a, hey, I don't understand all the financial documents I'm supposed to be providing to you. Who in your office can help me with that at a lower hourly rate? <laughs> you know,
0: right. It's which is a great question. Totally valid question
1: we have a court hearing coming up. What do I need to do? Prepare? How do I get on my calendar? Do you need me to prepare? So you should have in your mind or written down, what are you trying to get out of this call Mm -hmm. with your lawyer? And then ask the lawyer, is there anything you need from me? I want to be a good client. I want to be efficient with the stuff I get you. This is a hard time. I'm not well-organized. I have clients that say, I'm not really organized. I said, okay, we're going to ask you a bunch of financial documents. I'm going to recommend that you actually come into our office and sit down with our paralegal. And if we have to reset passwords because you don't know them, that's what we'll do. And it will be more efficient than you trying to bang this stuff out at night when you're frustrated and the kids just went to bed. You've had a long day and you got a glass Mm -hmm. of wine in your Mm -hmm. hand. Like, let's block off some time. So how can I work with you as a lawyer to be efficient and save myself money? Um, So I think, and these are just setting boundaries and frameworks for you.
0: So, and so I think that, I think the, the sort of takeaway is, is that if you're really clear on how you need to be communicated with or, and you have goals and you're clear and your attorney is not hearing those, then you may need to change attorneys and that's Okay. Right. Like this, I get this all the time where I'm like, you can, you know, you can fire your attorney (laughs) and they're like, what, what? Right. Just like, you know, you can get divorced. (laughs) You know, it's the same. I think it's the same mechanism. So how does that process? I mean, is it like medical records where you own the records and you just transfer them over to a different attorney? Like what's the, how does that all work?
1: you know check your local jurisdiction is what you know we say on on how to split a toaster um every state's different generally speaking though um first off you're absolutely correct you have a right to pick your counsel so you can fire your lawyer okay you've probably signed what's called a retainer agreement or fee agreement it's a contract so you might be out some money when you do that um but you will if your case is already pending Generally speaking, and I'm sorry, I'm going to speak legalese here. There'll be a joint stipulation for substitution of counsel.
0: What does, what that, does that mean, mean? Seth? So My baseball <laughs>
1: analogy is that uh, my baseball analogy is I had one pitcher on the mound. He wasn't doing well. I'm bringing in a <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's all it okay. means. Okay. Judge, I got a new lawyer. Everyone's agreeing that I have a new lawyer and here's my new lawyer. And then you should keep copies of everything you mm-hmm. give your lawyer. You should ask your lawyer in the very first meeting, how do I receive documents from you that get filed with the court system? So
0: you want to make sure that you are getting copies of everything.
1: Yeah, everything. And I would advise you to read it. Most people be like, oh, my God, I can't read this. Right. But then put it in your email. Court documents. Boom. Emails from lawyer. Boom. Because then if you switch lawyers, you can say, hey. I've gotten everything from the lawyer. Anything they've sent me, I have saved it in this file. You wanna look at it, okay? I don't trust the, even if I get a case from a lawyer that I respect and I know and does quality work and for whatever reason, it didn't work out and I take over the case, I will go to the court file and I will download every document Mm -hmm. because I don't want to, I'm responsible. I wanna see what's been filed in court. Now, there might be exchange of other documents, financial documents that aren't in the court file. I'd have to get that from the other lawyer or ask it from the other side again, and it can be a pain. They can, some states you can hold on to the file until that you pay the fee. So, oh. you know, y- you can have what's called a, a retaining lien. Um, there's all these ways that you cannot get your file because you haven't paid, which causes more problems in the future. I really think it's important, though, to ask, how do I get? copies of everything that's filed in the court by us or by the other side.
0: And so how do you know if you have just like a really shitty attorney
1: part of its gut feel? Mm. Are they answering your questions? Are you communicating with them? Read the reviews. Even if the reviews are great, when you're doing your interviews, you're going to see different lawyers. If you feel like, man, this isn't working, pick up the phone and call another lawyer and say, here's the issue. I'm thinking about changing horses.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. Um, Have the conversation with the lawyer. I'm concerned about your representation. I will share. I was um, this past six months has been really difficult in my life. Uh, My mom became uh, terminally ill and passed away. Mm, I'm so sorry. Needless to say, thank you. Needless to say, my focus was elsewhere where it should have been.
0: Absolutely. And
1: I have. Very positive relationships, I think, with my clients. I rarely get fired. I rarely fire clients. Um, all that being said, I knew that I wasn't as focused on their cases as I demand of myself. And I've had conversations with clients that said, Seth, you seem like you weren't focused. I'm like, I wasn't. And I just own it. Sure. You're open and honest about it. Yep. Right.
0: Absolutely. And I
1: said, Look, but I'm really back now. And, um, And I got to tell you, it feels great to be back in the office and doing what I love to do is that's helping people. So I think having those conversations like, hey, every time I call, you seem really busy or you tell me one thing and your secretary tells me another, like, where's the breakdown here? Review your bills. Mm
0: -hmm, Make sure mm -hmm. you're not
1: being double charged and triple charged for stuff. Uh, And they should be able to have those conversations with you about their billing practices. Now. I know Kate I'm making this sound easy.
0: No, no, I mean you're you're not. You know, I work with women, right, who tend to be codependent, they're people pleasers, they're conflict avoidant and all of those things and so having that level of conversation with who they view as an authority figure, often women will hire male attorneys, right? And so it's it's really hard for them to have that conversation. And often I will coach them to have a conversation like this. And it's a huge part of their emotional growth and learning, right? Because they're scared of the conflict. And I have to remind them, you are the boss. This is your attorney. You're paying the bills. They work for you. If the relationship isn't working for you, you need to have the conversation with them. And so often the You know, like this client I was talking about last week, she had she had the conversation with her attorney and he was like, got it. And he completely shifted. And that's great. You know, and now she feels like she can trust her attorney for months. She didn't feel she could trust her attorney, but it was it wasn't because he was untrustworthy. It was because she wasn't communicating with him. Right. And so often this level of communication is really, really difficult and terrifying for the people who really need to. And this is like the for, for me. This is the first step in reclaiming your power and shifting how you communicate moving forward.
1: Right. And that's why I'm saying it's not easy. It's changing behaviors and and stuff that's ingrained. And we all have the story we tell to ourselves. We all have the story we tell to others. We all have our communication styles and getting a style that works with you. And also the lawyer is not your friend. Mm-hmm. You, they're your lawyer. Mm -hmm. There are a um, handful of clients that previous clients that I have become friends with, but those are few and far between. I've certainly had friends or my girlfriend's friends hire me as their lawyers, and so I see them out and about. You got to kind of stay in your lane in your role, and if a friendship develops after the case, during the case, or whatever the case may be, so be it. But That's not your goal. Your goal is to have great representation to help get you through the process as economically feasible, streamlined way and get a a great outcome. But setting expectations, you should ask them, what are my expectations for alimony? What are my expectations for child support? What should my expectations be? A lot of what we do as lawyers is manage expectations. Because as you say, they talk to their friend in Montana who got something different.
0: Right. Not relevant.
1: (laughs) Unless you're in Montana.
0: (laughs) Well, right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. (laughs) But even if you're in Montana, right? Like, even if you're in the same jurisdiction, it doesn't matter. You've got, you know, different judges, different, could be different counties. It could be, you know, it's different, different circumstances, different income bracket, right? You don't know. Everybody who goes into this, just about everybody who goes into this, is terrified.
1: Fear is the biggest emotion I deal with on a daily basis.
0: So how do you deal with that? As because you're an attorney, right? You're yep. right. This is
1: licensed to practice law in the great state of Florida.
0: <laughs> so how do you deal with people's <laughs> fear? And do they teach you that in law school, by the way?
1: They do not. Yeah. I they think do so. not. They mm-hmm. have no dealing with fear class.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um <laughs> lawyers would
1: be afraid to take it. You <laughs> <know>? um, <Ba-dum-bum. laughs> um, so I one of it's it's just natural. I've been doing this so long. A lot of what I'm suggesting to your listeners to do with their clients, I do with my client or do with their lawyers. I do with my clients. Every document that comes in, they get a letter saying this was filed in the court. You know, please schedule time to speak with Seth about it if you need to. Depending on the document, I'll tell my team, get them on the calendar. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, We, with the beginning of conversations, I'll ask, what are your goals for this, I will um reframe what they're saying to help them see a different way to approach the problem because I'm a problem solver. Mm-hmm. Um we got a problem of division of assets, division of money, how are we going to quote, in, you know, do a parenting plan, which is a division of kids' time. Mm-hmm. Like, so I'm I'm solving these problems. So you're calling me for a reason. What what is the reason? What if I could wave the magic wand and fix the problem today, what is it? You're not just calling to wish me a happy birthday
0: or you're not just calling to be like, oh, my God, I'm freaking out, I'm freaking out, I'm freaking out. So what you're what I hear you saying is that you're sort of categorizing and you're getting tangible goals and issues so that you can answer questions specifically, which kind of mitigates the fear.
1: That's exactly right. But they might be freaking out, freaking out, freaking out. Okay, what is the problem? What are you freaking out about? Mm Mm hmm he left with the kids for vacation. He didn't, he's not telling me what hotel room they're in. Okay. Do your kids have phone. Yes. Do you have find my friends on your phone? Yes. Does everyone know that you have it? Yes. Did you check your phone? Yes. Okay. We know where they are. Right. So are they safe? Right. Like, like let's just want, like, cause I'm not going to be able to get a judge to file an emergency motion to say, I don't know what hotel they're staying in, in, in Orlando. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And you don't
1: want to pay me to do that. So we want to like take it step by step, day by day, deal with the problems as they come up while we're trying to solve all the big problems.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a really, it sort of touches on kind of a blanket issue that I, that I, I deal with all the time too. I remember having this issue when my son went to preschool where like up until that time, every, everything that was going into his brain, (laughs) like every bit of input I was, I was in control of, and right. then he went to preschool, right. And then I went to preschool and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm not in charge of that.
1: Yeah. And he comes home and says his first curse word. He doesn't even know it's a curse word. <laughs> he was raised <laughs> by
0: me. He, he, you oh, like, know, <laughs> he, he was the kid teaching the kids <laughs> yeah, the curse probably, words. I got probably. it. Um, but um, I think there was one, there was one where someone some kid, I think it was preschool. it was like kindergarten when he came home and was like, "Mom, what's a dildo?" And I was like, "Whoa. <laughs> whoa. Um, but see, Seth, this is what we do. We get
1: <laughs> I know. you get all these questions from from the from the mouths of babes, as my mom used to say, you right. know, like totally. in in like you're making dinner. Yes. Like, and one, you're not expecting the question. Right. I'm like, wait, right. I
0: have not researched how to answer that question yet. Please hold, <laughs> right?
1: Your Uncle Google.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but so, and I think that's the same as similar when you start to, when you, when you divide parenting time, right? Even if you know that they're, that they're probably safe with the other parent and there's nothing nefarious going on or in this, but especially if you have some fear that you're not in control and you're not, you're not there. Right. Divorce is like a series of with kids. It's like a process of letting go and letting go and letting go. Right. And if they're on vacation with their father or their other parent and they're, in Orlando and they're having fun. Do you really need to know what hotel they're in? Right.
1: Yeah. I I mean, I agree with what you're saying. I like to know what hotel my kid is in. Um, I get that. Me too. It's just, it's just what, if anything, when you're dealt with that simple issue. Okay. um, What, if anything, we can do to get you that information to help you dealing with that issue. And is it really about you and the kids or is it about, he just never freaking tells me where he's going.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: Cause that's a different issue.
0: Right. And well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, and and it's, you know, you got to pick your battles here, right? Like I like to know that information. I want to know what flight they're on. My ex and I have a thing right. where we, we text each other the flight information before we get on a plane. And the second we land, we are each other's first text landed.
1: Right. Every time I, we, my son, when he, like my son was two and a half when my former spouse and I split up and um ever since he was little that's what we've done yep. and he does that now he's 17 he does that now which is transferred over to him driving yeah made it
0: mm-hmm. leaving
1: so um i think that's great and it's even better when it comes directly from the child mm. because that's direct communication it's not being filtered by mom or filtered right. by dad right so usually when he was little i would say Hey, like before he had his own phone, I would say, hey, here's my phone. Text mommy. Tell her it's you that, I, you know, Mm -hmm. that we landed. Mm -hmm. And he would say, hey, mommy, it's Kai. Just landed. Love you. Bye. Yep. You know, and like, that's just nice.
0: That's just generous parent. I mean, that's generous co-parenting. And a lot of people don't have that. And so I guess, you know, my point is that if you don't have that, if you don't have a generous co-parent, fighting, taking it to a legal battle to instill generosity is probably not going to get you very far. Right? Right. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's... (sighs) Yeah, (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. And I'm not saying any of this stuff is easy, but I really cannot stress enough being prepared in taking a few moments to decide what the purpose of your call is to your lawyer and what you're trying to get out of it is invaluable. Yes. And a question when you're interviewing lawyers And a question when you're done talking to your lawyer about any time you talk to him, I always recommend you ask is the following. Are there any other questions I should be asking you? Mm. It is your catch-all. Did I miss anything? Or is there anything else I need to know? Yeah. So these are just big, broad questions because the lawyer should be dealing with these questions every day, day in, day out for years. And they might say, yeah, well, you didn't ask about this. Some clients ask about this or some ask about that. Or, mm-hmm. hey, you didn't ask about how we handle our fee agreement. Or, you know, you didn't ask about where the courthouse is.
0: <laughs> right, right,
1: right, right. So
0: so what do you see as the role of <clears throat> to be like, you know, totally self-serving here? What do you feel about the role of divorce coaches and mental health professionals in the divorce process?
1: Oh, I think that they play different roles. I think that a mental health professional, and I'm thinking of someone that has a social work degree or a psychologist that you're going to see is there for exactly what says your mental health. And what I love about these people, if, if you've got a good one, there's good ones and bad ones, mediocre ones, their job is to focus on you in your entire life. Now, they might be like okay we got a gushing hose here with you know and that hose is big hole in it is the divorce so we're going to focus on getting you through that and we can get to the rest of the stuff later but we'll focus on that and their job is to focus on you and they have no other agenda Mm -hmm. it's not your parents it's not your friends it's not your girlfriends it's not your spouse it's not anyone else that's going to have input they're there for you I highly recommend you get a good one to help you through this process. Divorce coaches have some overlap in the concepts, but I think it's different and broader in the sense of they create communities that other people are dealing with this. They help you have conversations with your lawyer like you discussed earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, I have no problem when a client says, well, I have a divorce coach. I said, great. Would they like to speak with me? Not necessarily about your case, because that's not protected under attorney-client privilege, but about how I operate. Yeah. Is there anything I can do to help you when you're working with them? So it's finding good ones to let you know that should also have resources for you. Yes. Some people might say, you can read this book. You can listen to this podcast. Here are some mental health professionals. Here's a list of lawyers that you should interview like you're doing today. How do I deal with the lawyer? What about these other issues? So you're looking for people to give you resources and communicate with you in a way that works for you. And a great divorce coach can do that because they've been through it. Now, let's think this through. When you buy a house, you have a realtor, you have a broker. You have the inspector Mm
0: -hmm.
1: when you have the finance guy, they do a title search, right? That's just five people. When you go through divorce, all right, get a lawyer, right? Are you really going to do just one or are we going to think about all the other things that we might want to deal with here? Yes. Okay. Yes. Now, some red flags, which I think people should look out for. Is the divorce coach giving legal advice saying, uh-huh. well, this is the law in Florida, okay? Or this is the law here. I think that those types of things should be a little bit like, wait a minute, I don't want to blur the lines here. That's right. That's it right. might be, hey, I think my understanding of the law is that it's this, talk to talk your lawyer, to your That's attorney. A great
0: yes. question,
1: That's write it down. Mm-hmm. So you got to watch when people get out of their lane. Yep. I think it's important to have clear expectations in writing about what you're hiring the divorce coach to do because yes. you're hiring someone to help you.
0: Yes. I would I would say also as a divorce coach, <laughs> I would, who's been doing this longer than Methuselah, you want to also make sure that they are actually trained in, you know, they don't have to be, look, I've been doing this longer than there was divorce coach certification that came about maybe like five years ago. I've been doing this for like. 10 or 11. So right. you don't have to be certified, but you want to know that this person is trained as a coach, right? Like I'm, I am trained and certified. Always yes.
1: look, always look at someone's credentials.
0: A hundred percent, because here's the deal. And I think people need to know this is that the coaching profession is not, there's no licensure, right? For, for good reason. There's no licensure. So we can work across state lines. We can you know, help people. I, I work with people all over the world. But because there's no sort of regulation, anyone can call themselves a coach. And so there are a lot of divorce coaches out there who have been through a divorce and now want to coach other people how to go through divorce. That's not a divorce coach. A divorce coach is somebody who who is a trained professional, who is trained in coaching, who is trained, I would say, in You know, has advanced training as I do in um, relationship coaching, which is a different modality than just one-on-one coaching, right? So you actually have the family. I have family systems training, so to understand the lay of this whole land, right?
1: Okay. Just because you're an all-star pitcher doesn't mean that you can coach a kid how to throw a ball.
0: Right. That's right.
1: Just because you went through a divorce doesn't mean you can do it because you're talking about your experience, exactly. In coaching is how to get the best out of the people that you're coaching in every person and personality is different. You have to be able to identify those as a coach. You have to figure out how to communicate differently with people as a coach. I do that with my team here.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: I will like people say the best example is kids. Like it's not fair. You treat him differently. Yeah. I treat him differently. Your brother differently because he's a different person. Right. He responds differently than you do depending on what's going on. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. I am hard on you because when I tell your brother he does it the first time, I have to tell you three times. (laughs) That's different. Right. But it's the same thing when you're coaching team members of a a legal team or coaching. uh, People are going through a divorce. It's called coaching for a reason. Right. right? You're trying to get the best out of people and help them through a difficult time. And that, that takes skill and training. That's
0: right. That's right. So that's something I think th- that's really important to look for. And I agree. And I I want my th- I want my clients to have a therapist because I'm not a therapist, right? This is my lane. My lane is very specific. Right. I'm not a therapist. I am not an attorney. <laughs> I am a coach. And I'm right. doing something very specific and I think it's hard for people to sort of grasp what that is and why they need it, but there have been studies done that say actually we will save you money, right? Because I am w- I'm a way cheaper call than your attorney to sort of work out some, you know, emotional venting. <laughs> right. Right. I'm a, I'm a way cheaper right. by the hour. Um, than you are Seth, I'm sure.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, the difference is there's no licensure. Mm-hmm. I had to go to college three years of law school. I had a federal clerkship took the Florida bar right. and here I am. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been doing it a long time. So And also here's a good question that just when I was going through this, that just made me think of this is how are your billing practices? Mm -hmm.
0: Yes. That's a huge question. (laughs) If I have an issue with my bill, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like
1: let's talk about that up Mm -hmm. front. Um, So it is a business relationship. Don't forget that. Okay. You're the boss. You get to understand this stuff. And, and I think that having a coach kind of talk you through how to, Hey, like you did with that one client you referenced, go have a conversation with your lawyer. There's a breakdown.
0: Mm-hmm. there. That's right.
1: And you save that person a ton of money because they didn't have to fire a lawyer and pay another lawyer to get up to speed.
0: Right. Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, we could do this all day. Seth, where can people find you? Where can they listen to your podcast? And.
1: Oh, thank you for uh, asking. I so podcast. the podcast is how to split a toaster. It's a divorce podcast. And just Google how to split a toaster. It is coming up, but it, you just get it wherever you listen to your podcasts, um, Spotify, Apple, all of them. Uh, and then if you're looking for my firm, it's pretty easy to find. It's Nelson Coster. That's N-E-L-S-O-N-K-O-S-T-E-R.com. com. And there's a big button on there that says "Make an Appointment." Pretty easy to pretty easy to get a hold of me.
0: Do you cover all of Florida or just specifically your area?
1: Yeah, I've I've done cases all over Florida, uh, especially with Zoom and COVID. It made it really easy because people weren't paying for travel time. And I always work out travel time because if I'm driving to Jacksonville for a case, but on the way in my drive, that's a few hours away. I'm on the phone with other clients. I don't bill for the drive and for the talk with the other clients. I just bill the clients I was talking to or... Um, so we we make arrangements for that, but I, I practice all over the state. My main focus is in the Tampa Bay region, okay. so uh, Hillsborough County, Pinellas County, Polk, Pasco, Manatee, Sarasota. But we're here to help. That's what we like to do, and we got a lot of great lawyers. Uh, very fortunate to work with them here, and a great legal team that I just um, they really care about clients and getting the best outcome in really difficult situations. So
0: awesome.
1: Uh, always here to help Kate. It's always nice chatting with you. You're such a blast uh, when you're on the toaster and thank <laughs> so you so much for having me here.
0: <laughs> thank you so much for coming on Seth. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the divorce survival guide podcast. If you like what you hear, head on over to Apple podcasts or wherever you listen in and leave me a review and don't forget to follow me on Instagram at the divorce survival guide. I'll see you next time. And until then, remember you my love, deserve to be happy.